Welcome to Deadly Departed. The do's, don'ts, and dangers of afterlife communication. This show discusses all aspects of afterlife communication, grief and grieving, the paranormal, and of course, parapsychology. There's real stories, scientific discussion, and most of all, real learning from paranormal experts and researchers. Here's your host, author of Deadly Departed, renowned evidential medium and spirit interventionist, Jock Brokus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Deadly Departed. And I want to do something different this time. I, I want to read out an article that I wrote many years ago because I think it's got a very good lesson in it. And it came from inspiration, if you like. And it has been received very, very well as an article. And someone had actually suggested that I actually read this out and then talk about the actual message in it. So I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to read this message out for you, this this article. And hopefully it will inspire you in some way and maybe inspire something within you to help you through your day or through your night, whatever time zone you're listening to this, and hopefully make you a better person and maybe look at the world a little bit differently. So when we come right back... We're going to talk about the tree of life, and I'm going to read out an article that I wrote regarding that, and it's quite a poignant article, so I look forward to that. God bless, guys. Okay, guys, welcome back, and so uh, I'm going to read out this article for you now. It's called The Tree of Your Life. You can actually find it on my blog, on my main website, jockbrokers.com. I've never done this before, so it has been suggested that I do this, and hopefully it will hit home and help you or just give you a little bit of comfort. Okay, so this is the tree of your life. Once there was a forest, and everything lived in harmony with the forest, and the trees, vegetation, animals, and life force made up the life of the forest. The people that dwelled there knew only happiness and recognized the very nature of life within the forest. They could see themselves within it and knew that without it, they would inevitably perish. Each person shared their lives with another and no duality existed. Each smile cultivated an inner peace and Mother Earth was indeed good to them by providing them with everything they needed. One day, one of the youngers of the village that was creative and looked after a wise old owl realized that he could make a bigger hut for his friend, the owl. This, he thought, would make him more comfortable and would shield him from the harsh elements of winter. He wanted to do this for his very wise friend. Instead of seeing the miracle of winter and the beauty of winter, he could only see its harshness. And so he cut down the tree to carve it into a wooden hut, but the owl would not enter. He became angry at the owl's displeasure and non-use of the hut. It must be bigger and better, and then the owl will want to live in the hut, and I will live with him, he thought. Then another thought echoed his mind, that if he were happy with his friend in the hut, then perhaps if he built another for his family, they could all live as one. And so the young man went to work cutting down the trees that lived close by in order to build another hut for his family, with the hope that his friend the owl would decide to dwell within the house. Meanwhile, the trees could feel the pain of their life force becoming drained, and the roots once strong began to wither and die. The people could not see the pain of the forest. They could only see the wonders of the young man, what he created for everyone. But yet, the owl refused to enter the hut. 
Soon word spread amongst the people and in their desire to have what the young man had and his family had, they came with him with their own trees that they had cut down. Make me a hut and make mine bigger for my growing family, another would say. I need a hut to store corn and to house my horses and my family. Make mine bigger. The young carpenter did exactly that and did not stop there. Soon he trained others and they in turn found other methodologies. Their thirst for knowledge outside of the forest and the desire to have bigger and better huts began to deplete the forest and everything around it and yet the owl refused to enter. It would not go into its hut. The young carpenter became angry at the owl and the owl smiled. Then another who realised that his crop was not good this year became angry at the both of them. The carpenter and his fellow man quarrelled and yet the owl just smiled. Soon, many people in the village came to shout and blame the carpenter for the forest destruction. The animals had left, no flowers remained, the waters were polluted, and everyone felt inner anger, jealousy and hatred. But yet, the owl still smiled. The very nature of life had been compromised within the forest, and soon large buildings, vehicles, light pollution and noise filled the void. Individuals no longer smiled and continued to build, seeking more and more and controlling more and more of the environment. The sun no longer kissed the earth and the waters no longer sparkled. Ships moored in the harbour waiting to drain the earth of its nature and man's incessant greed waited anxiously. And still, the owl smiled and he refused to enter his hut. Men, women and children fought over the material wealth, and man killed his fellow man. Every victory created more suffering than before. But yet, the owl still smiled. In the centre of that great city stood one tree alone, the last remaining remnant of a living, breathing forest, and reached to the beating heart of the sun, right in the centre of the city. Everyone who passed by the tree could no longer see its nature and the separation from its life force ensued. Thousands of people walked aimlessly around in desperation to create more and never once saw the majesty in the tree. Anger permeated the very nature of man and violence became the nourishment of the future. Still, the owl smiled and he refused to enter his now larger-than-life building. Carpenter no longer smiled back at the owl and had moved on in years with a family of his own. His wife had recently given birth to a young baby boy. For a while, the young boy brought much happiness to the carpenter and his wife, but soon they grew tired of the child's incessant needs and in their desperation to survive in the world they created, failed to see the nature of the child. Yet, the child smiled and the owl smiled. One day as the child was growing up, he was taken into the city by his mother. She rushed and rushed trying to make it here and there and taking the child by the hand dragging him along the street darting and dodging many individuals who were confined to deadlines and timescales rushing around and going nowhere. The mother turned and all of a sudden to notice that her child was no longer there and as she panicked and cast her eyes over the sea of people she saw one majestic tree that held the sky aloft for all. Following her eyes down, she could see her only son at the base of the tree, casting his gaze to the canopy in wonder, wide-eyed with the beauty and majesty of the tree. The mother made her way back towards the tree and stood behind her son and said, 
as he said, Mother, look at this tree, how tall and how large it is, how alive it is in this moment. The mother then took one step back and amazed by her child's enlightening comment, stated that the tree was indeed majestic and it was indeed beautiful. She reached forth and touched the tree and said, Son, feel how alive it is. She smiled. The child smiled. And no sooner had they smiled, another individual stopped and looked at the majesty of the tree and felt its life. Then another and another until the whole city stood in awe at the majestic tree. Gazing at the wonderment of the tree, the child smiled, the mother smiled, and everyone in turn smiled. And the owl flew to the canopy and looked down upon the people and smiled, for he was home, and so was the tree. And the people honouring the tree were home. Ladies and gentlemen, the moral of this is to never forget where you came from. Never forget who you are. For you're a spiritual being with a great deal of power. And in the struggles that we see as life, which is an illusion, we tend to not recognize the divine power within ourselves and we don't recognize the divine power in others with constant judgments, constant battling of the ego, we forget that we are the seed. We are the seed that makes up the tree, that makes up the forest. Every day, remember who you are. Every day, remember why you're here. And every day, recognize the beauty in the majesty and divinity in others, for they are that majestic tree that holds the sky aloft. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. You are very powerful beings. And remember that. Never forget that spirit animates you. And we only exist because we are animated by spirit. Have a wonderful day or evening or wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen. And if you have any questions or you would like to discuss this further, or you want to make a comment, then please do so. But I shall leave you with that thought. And I hope you have a wonderful wonderful day or evening. God bless. You've been listening to Deadly Departed with renowned evidential medium and author Jock Brokas. Jock Brokas. If you like what you've heard, make sure to pick up a copy of the Deadly Departed book. Don't forget to share the episodes and send in your questions to us about anything paranormal and the afterlife. Tune in next time to Deadly Departed, the do's, don'ts, and dangers of afterlife communication.